Thank you, Dr. Chan, for reading the Word of God. I remember last October when I preached, I gave him a very, very long passage. He nearly lost his voice. So this time I remember not to give him too long a passage to read. Uh, our pastor is away attending the 44th session of the Trinity Annual Conference in the Methodist Center in Port Dixon, together with all the pastors of the Track Methodist Churches. So he has asked me to share the Word of God with all of you. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Shall we pray? Oh, Father, we pray for this time, Lord, for each one of us. I pray, Lord, that this sharing, Lord, will speak to each one of us, even if there is someone in this congregation right now sitting in the pews who has a need for this message of comfort joy and peace and may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight our great redeemer and rock amen i must apologize that you have to look right your right this morning uh, i don't have a screen in front of me also so i even now have to refer to my computer screen so it's okay, we, we can do it. Let me begin by telling you a story. Uh, there was this businessman. He worked in Chicago. And at that time, it was snowy. It was very cold. So he decided to go for a vacation with his wife. Unfortunately, his wife could not join him. The, joint, the wife can only join him the next day. At that same time, there was an elderly lady whose elderly husband, who was a very faithful and dedicated servant of God, her husband just passed away and was taken home by the Lord on that same day. And so, going back to the businessman, in a hurry, he decided to send an email to his wife. The trouble is with email, if you miss one letter, it can be sent to somebody else. And so this elderly lady received a message which goes like this. Dearest wife, just got checked in. Everything prepared for your arrival tomorrow. Signed, your eternally loving husband. Postscript, sure, it's hot down here. The title of this sermon, friends, is have we trials and temptations? This is a question you have to answer to God and answer to yourself. Each one of us has at one time gone through trials. Not once, but many trials in our lives. Joseph Scriven, the hymn writer for this hymn which you just sang, what a friend we have in Jesus. 
has gone through many trials in his life. His fiancée, whom he was supposed to be married, got drowned in a river and he was watching on the other side of the river helpless and could not do anything. And later, he fell in love with another lady who was ready to be his bride. And this lady died from pneumonia. Can you imagine one after the other? Two who were supposed to be his bride and both lost their lives. It was a disaster for him. He lived a life of poverty. And when his mother was ill in Canada, he has no money to go and visit her even. And in that sorrow, he wrote this hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And especially in verse 2, the stanza 2, Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? And he found a solution, friends. Whatever it is, whatever happened to us, take it to the Lord in prayer. How often we forfeit God's blessing and God's comfort words by not turning to the Lord in prayer. The scripture passage yeah, of course, it's James chapter 1, verse 12. We are going through this. But let me first give you the background of James. As you're all aware, we are following the Bible reading of James, all right, this week. And uh, the next week is only one chapter, the book of the, ep uh, the epistle of Dude, D-U-D-E. And after that, it is the gospel of Matthew, which prepares us for the season of Advent, that is the Christmas season. And let me give you the background of the of James. There are four Jameses in the Bible. But this James is not the James, the son of Zebedee. This James is the half-brother of Jesus. Just like Jude. You are going to read Jude next week on Monday. Jude, or Tuesday, I think, is also a brother of Jesus. And it has been written to people who have been scattered by the will of God. They were persecuted after Stephen died as a mother, martyr. Stephen was stoned to death. And so there was persecution of the church and the Jewish Christians were scattered. They were spread. As in James 1 verse 1, it says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. The 12 tribes refers to Jewish Christians at that time. There's one thing we need to note. James, the half-brother of Jesus, was not a follower of Jesus during Jesus' time on earth. He only became a believer after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is James. And the Bible tells us this in John chapter 7, verse 5. For even his own brothers did not believe him. Can you just imagine that at that time? His own brothers did not believe him. 
So, as I said, the Jewish Christians were dispersed as a result of persecution. We are told also in Galatians chapter 2, verse 9a, that James was a leader of the church in Jerusalem, in, the, in the, what they call the church council. That's why the Bible tells us, James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. Of course, Cephas refers to another name for Peter. And actually, it is a book on practical Christianity relevant to us today. I remember many years ago when I was a youth in this church, we were supposed to cover James and my pastor at that time, Reverend Patrick Yeo, gave a very good, what I call, exposition of the, of the epistle of James. And he told us, uh, James uh, speaks to you, a spade is a spade, that's all. He does not mean his words, James. He will speak to you directly. And that is practical for us in our world today. And so, I'll structure this sharing into three parts. I'd like to start from the middle, the center, and go outwards. We will look at the why of trials, and then we look at the how. How do we handle trials in our life, and what are the benefits of trials in our life? So let's look at why. There's one thing, friends, that we need to know, and that is the certainty of trials in our life. In this earthly life, no one is spared, you and me included. No one is spared. And the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 4.12, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. So the Bible did tell us already in advance, when trials come to you, do not be surprised. And this is a message for each one of us. Do not take it as a surprise because it is going to be certain. There is this myth among young Christians. If I were to be a Christian, I would have a shield from God, from everything. Any disaster, I will be shielded. Nothing was going to happen to me as if it is an insurance. No. It is going to happen to us. The Bible has told us. The Bible did not tell us there's going to be a shield for you. No. And we will, now, we will later on in a short while learn why. Why does trials come into our lives? The word trials and temptations come from the Greek word pirasmos. Trials and temptations. So it means trials and temptation. That's why in the hymn that we have just sung, what a friend we have Jesus, we say, we sang, have we trials and temptations? Trials, we have to be clear, trials come from God, but temptations do not come from God. That's something that we need to know. God does not tempt anyone. James chapter 1 verse 13 says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. 
but each one is tempted when but each one is tempted when by his own desire he dragged away and enticed then after desire has conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown gives birth to death so for example you were to drink and get drunk and you get into an accident and you get yourself injured do not say god is tempting me this one is your own sin you did it yourself god is not tempting you you paid for it if you get drunk you drink and get drunk so that's the difference between trials and temptations so the wife first we need to know what are some examples of trials and each one of us deep in your heart you can relate in your lives that you have come across you have experienced some trials so it could be disappointments disappointments could be what you wanted a job so much and you did not get it you want a promotion you did not get it you love a girl and the girl says no to you to get disappointed it could be illness no christian is fed from illness friend no it may come one day to us it could be griefs because we lost someone our loved ones that is a time of trial it could be unemployment it could be temptations it could be family crisis could be divorce could be problems with children siblings or we could be hurt financially we are on the verge of bankruptcy we lost in our business or you have workplace problems with your boss or with your colleagues at work these are some examples of trials that we all go through in our lives so the question asked is how can god a loving god allow even the faithful who serve him get into trials there's a question we ask god how could it be my brother-in-law spoke to me once you know why i do not want to become a christian and ask him why he said you have spent so much time in the church you have been faithful to god and yet there are things that happen to you that i cannot understand if you are worshiping a loving god this is something we all ask ourselves friends why illnesses happen when my wife was very ill it was a time of trial for both me and especially her it was a tough time it was a time of trial for 2 years you know friends ah huh? when we share our trials with another fellow believer or brother in Christ ah huh? you'll find that all of a sudden they will also share theirs with you we are here in this church this morning yes 
we say we are happy people. We come as if we are all very happy. Yes, it's good to be happy. It's good to be joyful, Christians. But then, there are deep in our hearts some trials which may be troubling you now or which have happened to you which you do not want to relate to. You do not want to speak out. And I find this always. When I share trials with people, with believers, they begin to share theirs. And I say, wow, I didn't know about it. I thought you were always happy all the time. Friends, you have your own experiences. And it's good for us to share our trials and how you overcome these trials because it is going to be a blessing for each one of us. And it's something that we in church come to, you know, we come to church and worship the Lord and listen to the word preached from the pulpit. The word of God must touch our hearts. The word of God must speak to us and comfort us. And that is what we want each, each time we come to the Lord on a Sunday. How can God allow even the faithful who serve him get into trials? Joseph's grievance was one faithful servant. He lived a life of poverty. He helped a lot of people who are poor and yet look at what things happened to him. I'm not saying that if you are faithful to God, this will happen to you. It may happen to you. It's the only thing is that it has not come to you yet. It is my prayer for this service, for this sermon today. For those who have gone through trials, you can praise God for helping you to go to trials. For those of you who are now facing trials, this will be appropriate for you. The words of God, let, let the words of God speak to your hearts. And for those of you who have no trials at the moment and going to, future, going to face future trials, this will be the message for you. And you will be prepared when you face trials in your life. So when things happen, we ask, why me, God? Why me? My wife asked me this question, why me? Why me, God? Why not somebody else? My friends, when trials happen, we ask, why me, God? But when things are good happen to you, do you ask, why me, God? Do you ask, why me, God? Should I deserve all this my promotion? No. It's only when you are facing trials, you say, God, why me? Job in the Bible is a typical example. What did Job do wrong? He was a righteous man, faithful to God, and yet he went to trials. And that's why Job even asked the same question, why me, God? He was not the first one. He originally asked it in the Old Testament. Will you never look away from me or let me alone even for an instant? If I have sinned, what have I done to you, you who see everything we do? Why have you made me your target? Have I become a burden to you? Job was questioning Job. God, did I sin? You know, sometimes you see people say, oh, this happened to you huh, because you sinned. Huh? That's why huh, you deserve it. No. Job 
is a good example. Philip Yancey, this is a good book, friends. I recommend you to read it again and again. And if, possible, if you to help somebody, give it to a friend. Philip Yancey wrote this book, Where is God when it hurts? And he said these words, as I've said, the Bible consistently changes the questions we bring to the problem of pain. It rarely or ambiguously answers the backward-looking question, why? Instead, it raises the very different forward-looking question, to what end? That means why? The result of your trials. Forward-looking, not backward-looking. And Philip Yancey continues with this story. The late J. Robertson McQuilkin of Columbia International University was once asked by an elderly lady facing the trials of old age. You know, she had wrinkles, you know, her skin, all right? She's getting thinner, getting weak. And she asked Robertson, why does God let us get old and weak? Why must I hurt so? She asked. And McQuilkin replied, I think God has planned the strength and beauty of youth to be physical. But the strength and beauty of age is spiritual. Do you see the difference? It's spiritual. And he continues, we gradually lose the strength and beauty that is temporary. So we'll be sure to concentrate on the strength and beauty which is forever. It makes us more eager to leave behind the temporary deteriorating part of us and be truly homesick for our eternal home. If we stayed young and strong and beautiful, we might never want to leave. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. We sang this song. We are like pilgrims on this earth, like nomads. This is, not a temp this is just a temporary home for us. Our permanent home is with the Father, eternal Father. You know, have we got, ever had been homesick before? I, I think, you know, if you go to a foreign country, you spend about one month, sometimes after one week, you get homesick. Uh, that is a feeling of homesick. Are we homesick for the Lord? To be with the Lord? So McQuilkin says, well, if you are staying young forever, you will never want to leave for heaven anymore. You will never be homesick for heaven. Our attitude should be, we should be homesick for heaven. And when the time is ready, we all should be ready. When God called us home, any one of us, sometimes we do not want to leave this earth. We want to stay longer. Well, if you stay longer, God is blessing you. God says, I, want, I, I need you to do something for, for me. But one day, you know, God will take us home. God will take us home. My sister was taken home at the age of 70. Took care of my father and my mother very, very well. And she died before my beloved mother passed away also. It was a great and tragic loss for us at that time. So one of the reasons of why we have trials, friends, is testing your faith. James 1.3, 
knowing that the testing of faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Testing your faith. We can tell God, God, I have great faith in you. Well, that is not enough. You are just saying it yourself. But the test is, when the time comes, or trials, the trials come, that is the test of the genuineness of your faith. That is the test. And that's why God sent trials, to test the genuineness of our faith. So that what? Because why you say is what? Faith produces, the testing of your faith produces endurance. And, and endure or perseverance. And let endurance have its perfect result. Perfect result doesn't mean what? The word perfect can be, mean a lot of things. Perfect, oh, I can be perfect already. I may be perfect like God. No. The perfect means to be mature. Not lacking in anything. And that's why I like the word endurance in the New American Standard Bible. The NIV uses the word perseverance. And the New King James Version uses patience. But I like endurance. And the Greek word for endurance or separateness is hupomone. You know, if you can, we can read the, the scripture in Greek, uh, it is wonderful. Because the Greek meaning is very, very accurate. Very, very accurate. And the meaning is very clear. Hupomone. So learn to endure, friends, by having your faith tested. God is going to test our faith. We can easily declare, oh, I have great faith in God. But when trials come, uh, is your faith steadfast? Is your faith strong? That is the test. And God sent those trials to test us again and again. And so we learn about from trials to endurance and maturity. Romans 5, 3, 4. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that Suffering produces perseverance or endurance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. So, to prove the genuineness of faith, 1 Peter 1, 6-7 says this, In all these you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise worthy and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You know, when we become a believer of Jesus Christ, we are like raw diamonds. This is my illustration. Raw diamonds. You know, I had the opportunity of uh, providing a workshop for the Ministry of Mines of the, of the government of Tanzania. And one of them was in charge of diamonds. And I learned a lot about diamonds from him. The, lime, the, di the raw diamond which is extracted uh, is cut and cut and cut until you get a bright, sparkling diamond. So friends, uh, we are just like raw diamonds. And from the time you become a believer of Christ, God is going to cut you, cut you, cut you here and there until one day you become a sparkling diamond. And if the diamond, the raw diamond can feel pain, 
I'll tell you. The diamond said, please stop, please stop, please stop, stop it. And just like our lives, we tell God, God, stop it, stop it. No more. And we sang, it is well with my soul. You know, the song that we sang, and you know the story? He lost four daughters in a shipwreck. What a tragedy. So God is going to prove the genuineness of your faith. The thing is, sister, in trials, God wants to use us and he puts us through a series of tests and that is good. And God tests us to purify us and not to destroy us. And it's something that we have to know. The thing is also this, uh, I learned from one preacher. He said this, it was Reverend Robert Utley who said these words. God has limited himself to the faith of the children. You know what it means? God could not do greater things in you or me because we don't have the faith. We don't have the genuineness of faith. And so God is limited. That's why we say God has limited himself to the faith of his children. And so now we go to the house. How will you be joyful in the midst of trials? Who will be joyful? Tell me. The first thing that things trials happen to you, you will be sorrowful. You will be unhappy. You will be disappointed. You will question God. Me included. The Bible says joyful. Joyful is different from happy. To be happy is an external emotion. To be joyful is different. To be joyful comes from internal. That's the difference between happiness and joyful. That's why it's better to sing joyful birthday to you rather than happy birthday. Joyful. Be joyful rather than be happy. And so how? Read God's words. Do not neglect reading God's word. You know, the people who have been helped through their trials, they read God's word. And I send, I always like to send words from the scripture, from the Bible, to comfort them. And we find them very helpful. Secondly, take it to the Lord in prayer. Ask God for wisdom. Yes. In the Bible, in, in uh, 1 James 5 to 9, which was read to you by Dr. Chan, it says, what, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. How can you, not, how can you, get, uh, how can you get wisdom? If you ask God, and God speaks through us through his words, Take it to the Lord in prayer also. Ask God for wisdom. The writer of this hymn, Joseph Scriven, says, take it to the Lord in prayer. How many times have we taken it to the Lord in prayer? Get the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of man. The wisdom. And when we ask, the Bible tells us in James, James says this, huh? but when he asks, he must believe and not doubt because he, he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Friends, if we ask God, 
we have to ask in faith. Thirdly, fellowship with believers. In other words, what? We have to attend church regularly. When we have the ability to come, I told Pastor Wu Sang one day, I told him this. I will come to church every day, every Sunday, until one day I cannot come and I'm bedridden. I will still come. And when the Lord takes me away, I will come to the church. That's what I told him. I remember our, our sister, Mrs. Tony Bear, said, Chokau, you, you said the right words to him. If you can remember, I will come to church even when I die. I will come. Do not stop me from coming to church when I passed away. Hear God's word preached. That's what we are hearing, God's word. And seek the wisdom of God from godly people. Godly people. Okay? If you don't receive from godly people, they will tell you, your God uh, is a terrible God. Uh. Like my brother-in-law, uh, I will never become a Christian uh, because of what I see what I saw or what you know the things that I, I saw in your life that stops me from becoming a Christian I'm just praying for him so how do we respond to 12 the earthly view versus the godly view avoid it don't have trials God's view is what embrace it oh the Bible's teaching is different it's contrary to the world. Painful. But then we say, be joyful. Be comfortable. Have a comfortable life. But then we say, what? Face the giant. Face the giant. Whatever your trial is a giant to you and you've got to slay the giant. And you've got to face the giant. And that's why James 1-2, coming back to James 1-2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And I like this version from New King James Version, which says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Oh, I like the word count. Because why? The word count is hegasaste, which is in Greek, which means, which is an accounting term. Count. Counting, one, two, three. Count. And that's why... Johnson Oatsman, in, in writing the hymn, count your, med, count your blessings, name them one by one. Yeah, that is the word count. See what God has done. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. That is the meaning of the word count. So, the what now? Trials and testing our faith are meant to benefit us, friends. James 1.15 says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test that each person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love Him. So the benefits one, we learn to be more dependable on God. We draw closer to Him. And I see this. Uh, and there are times when I stray, when I am so busy, 
I did not draw near to God, you will find that God will create circumstances to draw me back to Him. And God is going to do that to each one of you. If you wander far away from God, God is going to draw you back. And one way to draw you back is through trials. So he, he uses trials to help us, not to hurt us. At the same time, we help others in similar trials. Isn't it wonderful? You can be a blessing to some, some, another person. You become stronger and wiser and purer. In other words, what? We become like Christ. We become more like Christ. We are Christ-like. And that's what God wants us to be, to be more like Christ-like. You know, there is a, there's a song which is quite blur here, what God has promised. God has not promised sky is always blue. Flowers strewn our pathway through, our lives through. God has not promised sun without rain, joy without sorrow, peace without pain. But this God has promised. Strength for the day, rest for the labor, light for the way, grace for the trials, help from above, unfailing kindness, undying love. This is what God promised. So in conclusion, friends, embrace trials. And when you have trials in your life that comes your way, remember you are not alone. I always remember Michael Jackson, you are not alone. <laughs> you are not alone. Learn from Job, learn from Paul. You know, Paul went through so much suffering. Shipwrecked, beaten, stoned, whipped. And learn from Jesus. When Thomas, we call him the doubter, did not believe that Jesus was risen from the dead, Jesus showed himself to him. And Jesus said, feel my scarred hand, nail scarred hand. Put your hand on my side and touch. Isn't that a scar? You know, when God tested us and we go to the trials, you are all battle-scarred warriors. We are battle-scarred. Christ showed, my scars, see, my scars. Christ went to the suffering of the cross, the nail pierced hand, and the wound on his side. Christ has demonstrated joys to us. So be joyful, friends. And remember, trials lead to endurance. So what will be our response? Do we trust God in times of trial? We always sing the hymn, I only trust Him, only trust Him now. Sometimes with the hymns that I sing, I get scared because why? I ask myself, do I really trust Him? Or even the hymn, oh, how I love Jesus, my goodness. Do you really love Jesus? Always? Do you want to be more mature in Christ? Do you share your heart with God? Our heart must be in tune with God. And I always like the hymn, Come thou fount of every blessing. Right? Tune my heart to sing thy praise. Is your heart tuned with God? That is important for us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the sharing of your word. I pray for anyone in, in this congregation who may be facing trials at this moment. I pray, Father, that this sharing 
will be a blessing and comfort to the person. And to realize that God is testing the genuineness of the person's faith. For those of us who have overcome these trials, who have gone through these trials, we thank you, Lord, that they are able to rejoice in these trials. For those who are going to face trials, Father, you give them the grace, give them the strength, the perseverance, the endurance to overcome all this. For I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.